Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Because this is a series, The Kingdom of Light, you never have to do it all at once. And so what I've prepared will, most of it will come in the future. I want to focus today on one verse, but I want to give some pretext, context, talk about that, and then see what the Lord does. We're continuing with the kingdom of light. And there are essentially two kingdoms operating in this world. One that is possessed by the God of this world, which he took from Adam. And the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, came to restore it to us. But one of the kingdoms is a kingdom of darkness, and the other is a kingdom of light. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to unpack that uh, just a bit. But they both have a source. Somebody say source. And in the earth, the example, God is always speaking to us if we would just pay attention and listen. In nature, he's speaking. You can see him in all areas of life and in every moment if we would just take the time God wants to communicate to us and when I sense that when I'm not talking to him he's singing over me and when I turn to him he hears he loves hearing from his children but the source of the kingdom of darkness appeared in the garden of Eden and the father of it, here's what Jesus said in John 8. I'm not going to put it up. Our text is going to come from John chapter 8, but I'm giving you a little pretext. Then I'll give you context. Then we'll go to the text. You got it? In that order. So Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious establishment of his day, who couldn't understand what he was saying. They didn't get it. And so they challenged him on many fronts. You should read John chapter eight. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. But he said, you can't hear me because you're not of my father. Because all those that my father have given me will hear my words. And they said, are you saying we're fatherless? We have Abraham as our father. We have Abraham as our father, and we've never been in bondage. Why did they bring up bondage? Because Jesus talked about those who believe in him would be free. He says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So they were rooted in their present reality. They said, we've never been in bondage. What are you talking about? We have never been in bondage. We are free and Abraham is our father. Here's what Jesus said. 
You can't hear my words because you're not of my father. You are of your father, the devil. Jesus pointed out the other kingdom and the source, father is the source. He said, your father is the devil. But those hear, that hear me, those who know my father will hear me and they will be free. And then he explained to them, a servant is not in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Come on, somebody. Has anybody been set free by the son? So Jesus is trying to get through to them. And there were some of them who believed, some of who, who didn't. And another time, we'll talk about the complexity, even of those who believe when they don't understand what he's saying. Even they had questions. That means you and I, if we want to stay closely connected in him, it is required that we walk by faith and not by sight. If he says it, it's true. And even if you don't understand it, who am I to say, God, I can't do this until I understand. Explain this to me. First of all, that will never happen in part because we know in part. The only way, the only way to walk with God for a lifetime is to trust him. It's 100% certain that there will be things in my life and your life that we don't understand. When bad things happen, I've got to remind myself, God is good. Because otherwise, I'll be like those religious folk who focused on their present circumstances and they missed what Jesus was saying that was speaking into eternity. I want to, I want to understand those things. That's why the Bible says, set your affections on things above and not on things beneath. Are you with me? So let's get to, let me give some context and then we'll get to the text. Jesus, after talking with them, when you're dealing with people who have a spirit of rebellion and rejection, you need to go somewhere and pray. How do I know this? Because what Jesus did is he went to the Mount of Olives he went by himself and prayed. And then the next morning, he came down. You'll find that in the first chapter of uh, the, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. The first verse, not the first chapter. Chapter 8, verse 1. And he went into the temple and he began to teach. And while he was teaching, some of those people who didn't understand what he was saying, Elder Ardea, brought a woman before him. And the Bible says they did it to test him because they didn't believe in his authority. Not everyone says it that boldly, Bishop, but when we reject the word of God, we're rejecting his authority. We're saying, no, no, I have control over my life. If I wanna do this, I can do it. If I wanna do that, I'll... what you're doing is rejecting his authority. And so they said, here's a woman who's been caught in adultery, caught in the very act. She was caught in the act. I'm still talking about the kingdom of light. And 
He stooped down. He didn't even respond to them. Some things don't warrant a response. And they said, Moses said, we ought to stone her. So what were they doing? And they're also, they, they're like quoting the law, but they're challenging his authority. Moses said, what do you say? And what they had in their mind is, if you don't agree with Moses, then I know you're not right. He's like, you, I want to tell you something. I know you're not ready to hear this, but I made Moses. And you know your father, who you said is Abraham, before Abraham was, I am. You better ask somebody. <laughs> so they are testing him. He stoops down. He gets up. The Bible said he pushes himself up. I want you to read that because there's sometimes, Bishop, I've been in a situation where I've got to push myself up. There's no one around to help you. You got to push yourself up. When you know you're in the truth, push yourself up. Somebody say, push up. Push up. When the enemy tries to bring you down, you ought to push up. Makes you stronger spiritually. And Jesus did that twice. He pushed himself up twice. So he then says to them, the next time he pushed up, he said, which one among you is without sin? And what he's saying is, you don't have authority to judge. I have the authority to judge, but you don't. You cast the first stone. Since Moses is your authority, and Moses said to stone them, you do it. Here's what's fascinating. The Bible says, and they were, they were all convicted by their conscience. By their conscience. There's something about that that lets me know that they still had their Adamic nature, the nature of Adam. What lets me know? Because when they bit the fruit, they knew good and evil. Had nothing to do with, see the conviction I get is from the Spirit of God, not from my conscience. And for those who reject the love of the truth, the Bible says that their conscience is seared with a hot iron because so then if I don't have the spirit of God and I don't and my conscience has an iron that has burned it out there's no hope for me to do right are you with me so they all walked away from the oldest to the youngest the oldest to the youngest and this thing about conviction we'll talk about another time because the spirit of God those of us who have the spirit that's what convicts us not that's the first ministry of the Holy Ghost but that's all I'll say about that I promise you another time we'll go a little bit deeper on that so then they all walk away it's just Jesus and the woman there's nothing like being alone with him she was within an inch of her life they were ready to stone her. And now Jesus has put all of them away. And he asked her a question. Woman, they called her an adulterer. In his time and in his culture and in that context, 
to say woman was, was a, uh, not just a term of endearment, it was a term of respect. Remember when Jesus was 12 and he was lost for three days and Joseph and Mary, what kind of parenting were they doing? <laughs> they didn't recognize he was gone until three days. And you would think that he was being smart when he said, woman, didn't you know? No, no, that's a term of respect. Woman, they called her an adulterer. Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, Lord, she called him Lord. Lord, she probably didn't know who Jesus was. She called him Lord. They're not here. And, she's, and then he says, who condemns you? No one. Jesus says, neither do I. They don't have the authority to condemn you. I do, but I won't. I do, but I won't. Now here's the good part. He then says to her, go and sin no more. Now that's the, that's the context. Let me get you to light now. So when he didn't condemn her, he showed her love. He showed her compassion. That covered her. Can you see that? Because love covers a multitude of sins and fault. However, when he showed her the light, he exposed sin. So here's what the devil is confusing the world with. That everything that is truth, almost everything, is now considered hate speech. Like seriously. And I'm not just talking about gender stuff. I'm talking about in general. Because the devil wants to silence the church. Jesus gives us example out of example that the love of the truth, the compassion that goes with love, also comes with a light that exposes. And if you are interested in the life that God has to offer, you will love light. But John said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This woman having experienced forgiveness understood that, you know what? I was in this situation because of my conduct. And I wonder when she went, if she never got entangled with that again. The Bible doesn't say, but I know in that moment, she experienced true forgiveness, and I believe she, she felt true repentance, and she went away. The point is, love and compassion and light to expose can travel together. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And the reason there's this confusion about that is because there are two kingdoms that are clashing. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Which one wins? Which one can you see better in? Think about it in the natural. Can you see better in darkness or light? Even if you're a nocturnal person, you want some lights, right? You need lights or you will stumble. If you walk in darkness, even in a place you're familiar with, you'll stumble. When my kids were younger, Joy, 
I, I know every nook and cranny of the house, but sometimes your toys would be around. I'm walking in the dark. Ah! What in the world are you doing? You need light. In this life, you need light. And God is light. And there's no darkness in him. You cannot navigate a crooked and perverse generation without light because there are too many bends and turns. There are too many places that are blind spots. We need the light. And guess what? Come on. We are. We are the light of the world. The world is in darkness without our light. So we gotta let it shine. This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna sing that in a minute. Soon as Tim come back. Not yet, Tim. Not yet. Now let's get to our text. Are you ready for the text? The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. This comes right after. If you, in your, those of you who have your phone and Bible apps open, if you look at John 8 and 11, you'll see what I just told you, where Je Jesus said, go and sin no more. Love and light flow together. Now, then, verse 12, then Jesus said to them again, again, I didn't get through to you the first time, but I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to say it Again, to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not. Can I spend a minute on shall not? Can I spend a minute on shall not? Because in the law, every shall not is thou shalt not. It's what you can't do. Don't do this. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Jesus is doing something that they probably missed, but we're not going to miss it, right? He's telling them all the things that in order for you to please God, don't do these things. But Jesus is saying, if you follow me, now he's making an affirmative. It's a promise. You shall not walk in darkness. You shall not walk in darkness. He's saying, if you do what I say, you'll never walk in darkness. He's taken the shout not and made it a promise. If you follow me, you'll be in the light because there's nothing in me but light. You can't follow me and be in darkness. If you follow me, you shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you want the light of light, life, follow me. He saw a tax collector by the name of Matthew. He said two words, follow me. And the Bible said he got up, he was at work. He left his job and he followed him. He never stopped 
following him and something happened to Matthew as he followed him. You will never see the name of God written in Matthew because he realized what he was and what Jesus changed him to. I'm not worthy to write his name. So you will always see the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of God because even the scribes, when they wrote God, they would take, they would wash themselves. They purified themselves. But I'm glad to know that if we're in him, we purify ourselves even as he is pure. You can't follow him and be impure because whoever has the hope of his coming purifies themselves even as he is pure. One of the things that God has made clear to me, can I sit and talk to you for a minute, family? Have a family chat. He's made clear to me probably over the last few months and you might think you should have known this already mm, you don't know until it's revealed to you we will always I don't care what you know you should always grow I don't care what you know you should always grow and you shouldn't be so proud to try to make people think you know it all because now you're proud and you're a hypocrite and you're a liar. You're adding sin to sin. You're just adding sin to sin. So now I think you're ready to hear what I'm gonna say. <laughs> he said, it's not your job. I haven't called you to tell people what to do. I've called you to tell them what I said and what I'm saying. He said, if you do that, I'll do the rest. Do your job. And when I realized that, he set me free. Because only he can save. And, it's, and it requires him talking to you when nobody else is around. To help build, build good character. And I was like, wow. When I study, God does something in me. And there's some things I study, I get so much, I used to think, I got to go share that with the church. Now I know better. No, it's for you. You don't need to tell nobody. Don't tell your children. Don't tell no one. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. But until this recent revelation, I didn't understand that. I thought, when I hear in my ear, I'm supposed to shout on the, house, on the housetop. Lord, don't you want me to go tell it on the mountain? I want you to tell on the mountain what I tell you to speak in that hour. In that hour. The best times with God is when he speaks a word that's not premeditated. Because then you know that had nothing to do with me. I didn't prepare for this. I didn't think about this. This is God. God, do more of that. Do more of that for your people. Your people need that. Your people need you. They don't need entertainment. They don't need celebrities. They don't need more theology. We need you. We need you. There was a time I would pray and say, they need you. 
That moment with God corrected me. We need him. We're in this together. God has called all of us to teach. He's called all of us to be witnesses. He has called all of us. He's given us different responsibilities. And when we come together as a body, my responsibility to you and all the pastors who minister in this place is to equip you. It's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. God never intended for one person to do it. When he sent his disciples out, two. The apostles, two. Paul never went on a missionary journey by himself. He had Barnabas or Silas or Timothy or Titus or Apollos. Somebody, don't be a lone ranger. God created us for fellowship. God created us to work the works of him who sent us. Have you been sent? You might be sent to the marketplace, but you're still sent. You need to let your light shine in the marketplace. I don't care what you are doing. I don't care where you're going. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Up and down the highway, I'm going to let it shine. If you let your light shine, you're less likely to engage in road rage. Because when he's singing over you, and you're singing praises to him, it puts joy in you. You can't be knocked off your square so easily because he upholds you. See, the steps of a good man, of a good woman, are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in your ways, and you shall not utterly fall. And though you fall, you shall not be cast down because the Lord upholds you with his hand. It's like a father with his young child holding that child's hand to keep them safe. God is upholding you and me with his hand. As long as our steps are following him. And just as Paul said, I say to you, follow me as I follow Christ. Wherever I'm not following Christ, I'm not asking you to follow me. It's my responsibility with vigilance and diligence to follow him. This is not a job for me. This is not a profession for me. This is eternal work. And our eternal destinies depend on him, not on me. The kingdom of light. There are too many people who are trapped in the kingdom of darkness. And the Bible says they're groping in the darkness. They're staggering at the noonday like a drunk man. God is saying to, to us, New Covenant family, I've called you to be a light. I've called you to shine in darkness. Here's the last thing I want to leave with you, and we'll pick this up next week. Can you put up the last point, be like the moon? Tim, in a minute, we're going to be like the moon and reflect the sun.
Now, I'm, you see there's a double, it should be S-U-N, right? Okay, what do I mean? The Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. I prepared this about a week ago, this statement. And this morning, I was watching the local news, and the person said, it was amazing this morning. When I was coming to the newsroom early, there was a full moon, and the moon was so bright, it looked like daylight. And that's when I knew, God, you want your people to hear this. What am I trying to say with that dot, 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 be like the moon and reflect the sun? It's a scientific fact. You can look it up. The moon does not, is not a source of light. It doesn't produce light in and of itself. The sun by day, the moon by night. And God did that, I believe, to communicate with his people because there are some things that are mysteries to those who are in darkness, but he's revealed it to us. But the, sun, the moon reflects the light of the sun. So the, the, the light you see at night isn't coming from the moon. It looks like the moon is the source, but the moon isn't the source. You can check that up scientifically. The sun is the only source of light, but the moon reflects it. And all those stars in the sky are like little suns, little, and we are stars. We've come into sonship. Are you with me? God is saying to us, when you go out into the world, reflect the sun, the S-O-N, because he is the light of the world. And he said, now that I'm going back to my father, you are the light of the world. So stop trying to be the light. You all, you have to do two things. Let your light shine and reflect the light of the sun. Because when I reflect the light of the sun, people see Jesus. They don't see Bob. It's time out for trying to shape people into our image and our likeness. It's his image and his likeness. That's who I want to be like. That's my hero. Jesus is my hero. There are a lot of people I like. A lot of people I admire and respect. But I want to be like Jesus. And I want to reflect the sun. Stand with me. Are you ready to reflect the sun? The moon reflects the S-U-N, but we reflect the S-O-N. And you might be here today and you've decided you want to come closer to the light so that you can see more clearly. This is your opportunity to reflect the sun. The first step is to come close to him. If you're in this room today and you want to begin building a relationship with Jesus Christ, no one is asking you when you come to the altar to fully know him because all of us are seeking him. 
You begin a journey today to seek him and he will lead you. And according to his promise in John 8 and 12, whoever follows him shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He's offering you the light of life today. This is your opportunity to come. Would you come now? He's calling you. He's saying to you, follow me. You can be like Matthew and come and follow him. Or you could be like the religious establishment who kept challenging him. Is there one today who wants to come and follow Jesus so that you can have the light of life? This is your opportunity now. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.